welcome to the second season of our triune pod we are still preparing you to praise join me the reverend nick comiskey and the reverend bendy hart for a conversation about low-key theology lived experience and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the psalms we hope it's an inspiring maybe a bit irreverent but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some god time back to our triune pod nick it's i guess just a day after we would normally do the podcast but it feels like a long time might be because some wild things have happened in my life yeah ben we're potting as a married man and an engaged man <sighs> crazy crazy walk us the through. Walk, chain. Us, walk us through the night man what would you do i you flown to new york i didn't take an uber because it was raining and it was going to be 150 dollars. so i took a bus took a train took forever to meet up with her we went to this vegan restaurant that she picked. Wouldn't normally pick that, but dude, I had a bean burger with mushrooms that was better than the last five burgers I've had. So shout out to that. Great. It's called Beat and Something. Who cares about the engagement? I don't want to care about <laughs> great, the food. Great content. Did she know it was coming? No, she didn't know it was coming. And then we went to Dear Irving, which is this cool cocktail bar oh, yeah, for those of you who don't awesome. know. But Nick and I went there quite a bit during that three month sojourn we had. And then I, was just, hey, let's let's walk into Gramercy Park real quick because she is the key master to this private park in New York City. And we were in front of the view of the Chrysler building. I did something really lame and was just like, what's that? And she looked really quick. Got wow, really? That You yeah. pulled up, you pulled yeah. up what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, That's she sweet, fell over man. and she didn't actually fall over. She just kind of fell to the ground. Really? There weren't that many tears. There weren't that many tears. I was Wait, like, hold hey, Chelsea, on. Chelsea, if you're listening, I wanted more tears. She was just like really happy. Happy, surprised. Oh, yeah, so I don't, I don't think she's all so coming. Cool. That's so cool. And then I didn't have any friends there. So we tried to do a selfie, but then it started to rain. So the all the pictures I have are me and my blazer drenched in what looks like sweat, but I swear it's rain. That's yeah, man. special, man. Congrats. And you so you yeah. get married this summer, July 30th. July 30th. Let's go for it. It's going to be in New York City. Everyone who's listening Church. to this pod is invited. If and, you uh, sign be, up for our Patreon there. account, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't exist yet. We do not, we do not have a Patreon yet. Oh yeah. man, that's why well, I'm very, very happy for you. Chelsea is amazing. She's killer. All right. Let's get into, forget enough about me. Let's get into the word. It's the fourth Sunday of Easter. It is Good Shepherd Sunday. I'm going to read it and Nick and I will discuss it. You all know it. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil and my cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I don't know if you have this experience, but I find these types of passages the hardest to get into mm -hmm. because I have nothing new to say, right? It's <laughs> like, I have absolutely nothing new to say. And, you know, you preach on our 
discuss a very random text of the Bible, you know, you're starting with house money, you know, you're already up six because you've tried to dig into this difficult passage where something like this, it's like you're down six and you have to overcome people's familiarity with it. So I'm just trying to qualify the lack of profundity in my remarks here. And they just um, did no preparation. Let's no, I, I actually did. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously one of the most beloved, if not the most beloved texts in the Bible. One of the things that I did find interesting is all the different ways that people throughout the centuries have tried to organize this passage. And one way I thought was kind of interesting was in the first three verses, and this is, I think people are so familiar with this text. They have probably, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down. He revives my soul. God is in the third person singular there. He, and then the second half, the second three verses, the psalmist is speaking to God directly. You are with me, your rod and your staff, you spread a table, your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So that's one way to break it down. Another way, I thought this was the most interesting. The imagery of shepherd kind of runs throughout, but the metaphor breaks down in a few key places. Verses one through three, it's very clearly the shepherd who's making us, his sheep, lie down and leading us beside waters. But in verse four, the psalmist shifts a little bit and kind of thinks of God as our companion who's walking alongside us through the valley of the shadow of death. And then in verses five and six, God is likened to this host, an MC at a party who is spreading a table before us. So the imagery of sheep and shepherd, God as a shepherd, goes throughout the book of Psalms. And one thing I enjoy about this psalm is that the psalmist is not talking about God's care for people in general, or he's not even recounting God's care for his people in the past. There's no mention of how God cared for his sheep throughout the Exodus, for example. The psalmist is speaking directly out of his own personal experience. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul. It's almost as there is this deep, deep history of care for and sustenance by God. And the psalmist is just, his tongue is the pen of a ready writer. He is just pouring forth out of the abundance of what he's received directly from the Lord. And that might be one of the reasons why it's, it has such resonance in people is because this psalm gives voice to something hopefully a lot of us have experienced, you know, namely care for by God. Another verse and image from the Psalm 23 that is beautiful and has a lot of depth to it is the notion that God spreads a table before us in the presence of those who trouble us. There is a celebration meal envisioned here in the midst of trouble. So God doesn't take us out of adversity necessarily. God doesn't remove us from pressure or stress or challenges, but in the midst of those things, God spreads a table before us. And to connect it to John 10, which is of course, the gospel reading for Good Shepherd Sunday. And Jesus knows what it's like to be a sheep. He's the only shepherd who knows what it's like to be a sheep. And so his strength and poise that he gives to us in the midst of our troubles is something that he directly can relate to. So we just we do not follow a shepherd who does not know what it's like to be a sheep. We don't follow a shepherd who does not know what it's like to pass through the gates of death or every other guide would turn back. Jesus has already gone before us through the ultimate valley of the shadow of death. And so he is able to give us this comfort, this courage by virtue of the path that he's already blazed before us. In the Old Testament, the shepherd is the Lord. And there's a little bit of 
a polemical function. It's not just about shepherds and sheep, but gods and kings were viewed as shepherds. And here in the Psalm and throughout the Old Testament, the Lord is referred to as the true shepherd. These underlings, we can't really trust. The other gods, they're not gods at all. The other kings, they're not actually going to lead us beside the still waters. This God is the true shepherd. And then in the New Testament, we have Jesus being equated with the shepherd. This term reserved for the Lord is given to Jesus. And this Lord, this shepherd, lays down his life for his sheep. And I love how when we read the psalm in light of the New Testament, of what comes later, we can see how when we read this psalm, this shepherd is the one who leaves the 99 for the one lost sheep who is so obsessed with you and me, I think it gives this whole new expansive view on this psalm. When we say who God is, he is the good shepherd, we lack for nothing. And then the psalm goes through all the things that we do not lack. Mm, Jesus yeah. gives us all these things, takes care of us, protects us. It's not sugarcoating thing. It's, it's not saying there are no enemies, there'll be no disruption in life. In the midst of enemies, in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of whatever, God is spreading that table God is for us, for us enough to die for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think to call God a shepherd is to call yourself a sheep, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the psalm is an invitation to adopt a very particular self-conception or it's instilling a very particular identity. And that is someone who needs to be cared for, led, protected, provided for. A sheep does not survive, let alone thrive in the absence of a shepherd. And there is, of course, a degree to which this image is used throughout the scriptures because the Bible is written in a semi-nomadic agrarian people, but it is more than that. It is instilling this very particular self-conception. And to say that God is our shepherd is to say, I am a sheep. And I, in the absence of the rod and the staff and the guidance and the direction, I will not just get lost. I will be eaten by wolves. Right. And so I think there's a way to which the Psalm is reinforcing both who God is and who we are and our need for God's care and protection. Final thing, man, is there's a lot of ways that you can Christianize this psalm. You can think about the still waters as the waters of baptism. You can think about the rod and the staff as the cross. One way I really like, and I'm sure you like it too, is, is to imagine the table spread before us as the, the Lord's table. And we come every Sunday to feast on Christ. We're obviously playing a lot with the metaphor here. The sheep come to the table to feast upon the shepherd, right? But there's this prayer that Ellen Cherry points it out in her commentary on Psalm 23. I have never, never prayed. I don't even know if I've seen this prayer in the prayer book before. It's partly because it's from Eucharistic Prayer C, which I'm not a major user of, but there's this table, and I'm sure this was written before the prayer book was published in 1979, but it's a, it's part of the Eucharistic prayer. And we say, deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength for pardon only and not for renewal. Let the grace of this Holy communion make us one body, one spirit in Christ that we may worthily serve the world and his name. I don't mention that to be polemical, like don't come to the table only for solace, but it's just this notion that the anointing of our heads with oil, that our cup is running over, that our great, our good shepherd, of course, gives us immense comfort, inexhaustible comfort, inexhaustible pardon. But in addition to those things, not in contrast, but in addition to comfort and pardon, we receive strength and we receive renewal. And to be a sheep led by King Jesus, our good shepherd, is to be comforted, it's to be forgiven perpetually, but it's also to be made strong. God makes us brave and strong by being brave and strong beside us. And that can be an enabling word, not a crippling 
be brave. It's no, Jesus will be brave alongside you. So when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you can be brave too. Eucharistic prayer C, more people should do it. Let's bring it back. All right. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his namesake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You've anointed my head with oil and my cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.